Well, everybody, welcome back for another week of Scriptures Revealed as we are continuing our journey through the book of Ephesians. And I am excited about what we are learning. I am excited about what we are discovering as we allow the Scriptures to be unlocked and revealed to us. Because the purpose of Revelation is to draw us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and to bring us into a greater knowledge of who He is and who He is in us. And and even with the book Ephesians, the whole aim of it, it is to lay a foundation in our hearts to cause us to fall more in love with Jesus. That's all the book is trying to do. It's trying to show us what Jesus has done. Show us who Jesus is to us. Show us what he has done on the inside of us and who he is trying to change and transform us into becoming. And it is all to motivate and to stimulate and to incite the heart to fall more in love with him. Because again, the more in love we are with Jesus, the more we will surrender to him. And the more we surrender to him, the more we are going to fall in love with him. It is a never ending eternal cycle that we will be in in our relationship with him. Now, we have made it to chapter 3 of Ephesians, and over the past two weeks, we've only covered uh, verse 1 of chapter 3 and verse 2 of chapter 3. But today, I'm going to uh, adjust a little bit because I want to try to fit as much as I can in these segments because I want to move us along because I'm excited about where we are headed on this journey together. So today, we're going to uh, blaze through chapter 3. Now, we are by no means going to complete the chapter today. But we're going to get a lot accomplished, and I want to show you something that I think is going to change your life. And I think you're going to see the gospel in a light you may not have ever seen before. But it's the power of the word. It's the power of the scriptures. And it's the power of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the power to open your eyes to a truth you have not seen. Because watch this. Let me let me give you this. I, I know normally every week I give you all a, a bit of an encouragement concerning the word. So let me give you this encouragement before we jump into Ephesians 3. The point of truth is freedom. You need to remember that. The point of truth is freedom. And the point of revelation is truth. So watch that. If you're sitting somewhere where you can write this down, you can draw it out, map it out in your mind or on a piece of paper. You need to map that out because we all we are all pursuing revelation and we want the secrets of God and the mysteries of God and want to be involved in, in revelation knowledge. But watch this. The point of revelation is truth and the point of truth is freedom. Now, what does freedom look like? Freedom looks like knowing God. Freedom looks like knowing God. So let me give you that pattern again. The point of revelation is truth. The point of truth is freedom. And freedom looks like knowing God, which means if you are bound by something, if you are bound by something, whether it is a cycle, whether it is a habit, whether it is a lifestyle, the purpose of that bondage is to block what you know about God. It's to block your knowledge of God. The reason why you are bound is because of what you do not know. And to make it more plain, the reason why you are bound is because of who you do not know. You do not know the Lord as well as you're going to know him. That's why you are bound. Because the more you know him, the more you're going to experience freedom. Freedom is knowing God. Because when I know him, I know me. 
When I know him, I know my abilities and I know my capabilities and I know what I have the strength to overcome and the power to be triumphant over. It is knowing him. So so that is why it, the enemy will keep you in a cycle. This is a victory tip for you. The enemy will keep you in a cycle of defeat if he can get you to focus on the bondage. If he can get you to focus on what's holding you captive, if he can get you to focus on what is holding you down and yoking you down and being a burden over your shoulders, if he can get you to focus on that, he will keep you bound. It's just like saying uh, something that as simple as I want to quit smoking. If, if if all the enemy can get you to do is to focus on uh, I don't need to smoke. I don't need to smoke. I need to stop smoking. I don't need to smoke. I don't need to smoke. If you stay there, you're going to just consume your mind with the ideals and with the bondage of smoking but if you switch it around and you start meditating on the fact of how good Jesus is on how wonderful Jesus is on what Jesus has done on the fact that he said be of good cheer for I have overcome the world on the fact that he says that all things are submitted under my feet that everything every knee must bow and every tongue must confess if I focus on Jesus and focus on coming to know him more then if I'm thinking on him I cannot be thinking on smoking. If I'm thinking on him, then I'm going to allow him to take the precedence in my life. And when I know him, I'm going to know freedom. I'm going to know freedom. But I back it all the way up to revelation. That is the purpose of what we are journeying in Ephesians for. We're journeying in Ephesians for revelation because revelation is going to lead us to truth. And truth is going to lead us to freedom. That's why the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will make you free. So you get revelation so that you can get truth. You get truth so that you can get freedom. And freedom, what is freedom? Freedom is knowing God. So I'm getting truth so I can know God better. That's the purpose of truth. Not to puff you up. Not to make you more prideful than the person next to you. Not to make you just have a thousand books on your shelves for the sake of saying you have a thousand book, books or having all this knowledge for the sake of saying you have all this knowledge. No, the purpose of truth is so that you can know him better. Because when you know him better, you're going to experience true freedom. So be encouraged. Be encouraged about your revelation is is pulling you into truth. Be encouraged about the truth you're learning because it is ushering you into a lifestyle called freedom, into a lifestyle called walking with the Lord in the cool of the day. All right. So that's your encouragement this week. So let's jump into Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, and I'm going to start with verse 1, but I'm going to read a lot, and then we're going to unlock it all, and then I'll let you guys go for this week as you meditate on what we discover. All right, so let's jump back in this. Ephesians 3, verse 1, I'm reading the King James Version this week. It says, For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation... Remember, I just talked about that, how that by revelation, what's the point of revelation? Truth. What's the point of truth? Freedom or knowing God. All right. How that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ. Now, let me back up. Uh, if y'all hear me moving around, it's because now I'm standing up because I'm 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 gonna get excited. <laughs> so watch this. Remember, remember, I said uh, about revelation leads us to truth, and truth is going to lead us into a place of knowing God, of knowing God. 
So watch this. Paul says in this verse, how that by revelation, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. Now, though, so if the mystery is coming to us by revelation, Paul is saying that this mystery, remember the chart I gave you? This mystery then is going to bring us into a new degree of truth. And this mystery is going to bring us truth that is going to bring us into a greater revelation of who God is, which is ultimately going to bring us into a new and fresh lifestyle of freedom. So do you see that? Do you see that the whole point of this mystery is to bring us into freedom, to bring us into a greater knowledge of God? Okay, so he says, made known unto me this mystery, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. All right, now, let's let's begin to, to walk through this. Uh, as, Yeah. Actually, I'm going to keep reading because it's, it's all going to flow together. So look at verse 7. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see is the fellowship of, of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord and whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory. Now I know those are a lot of verses. It's a lot in it and I'm going to see how much I can uh, walk through before I run out of time. Alright, so walk with me here this scripture says that by revelation it was made known unto me the mystery the mystery he calls it the mystery he calls it and other translation calls it the secret and in later verses down he calls it the mystery of christ now the interesting thing about this word mystery is that it does not just mean a secret that you do not know or a secret that you can't know there there's also an attachment to this word mystery that was almost like a rite of passage it was how you got inducted into a society so paul was saying this mystery this word mystery it means this is the introductory level into a new society and a new world. And remember, we have been talking about the nation of Jesus Christ and moving into that nation and that kingdom. And in that nation, there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no male or female. There is no circumcised or uncircumcised. We are all one in Christ Jesus or in the nation of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, hey, this mystery is the rite of passage into the nation of Jesus Christ. And he says it is the mystery history of Christ. Now the amazing thing to me is that Paul then spells out for us what this mystery is. In one of the other words, he says, if you guys have been paying attention to chapter 2, you would begin to perceive and gain insight into what this mystery is. But but the amazing thing is, he then goes and flat out tells us what the mystery of Christ is. And he tells us what it is in verse 6. He said, this is the mystery, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, wait a minute. 
because that that kind of puzzled me for a moment, and I just wrote, I meditated on these scriptures, I researched these scriptures, I tried to break the code, I tried to unlock it, I would pray in the Holy Ghost and try to get revelation on this, and finally it broke, and I think it is going to bless you. Now watch this, the mystery of Christ is this, the mystery of the gospel is this, and I want you to understand that the power of the gospel is bigger than Calvary, it's bigger than your sins being forgiven, it's bigger than uh, the, the road to Galgotha. It's bigger than the Garden of Gethsemane. God has had a plan, the Bible says, since before the beginning of the world. And we know he's had this plan because the scriptures say that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb was so if the lamb was slain, that means that the provision for this secret and for this mystery to invade the earth, the provision was made before there was a world. Before there was a world, watch this, then there was a provision as a part of the gospel. Now, pay attention to this. The Bible did not say that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. (laughs) It says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And that is a part of the mystery of Christ. What what am I saying? Is that in the beginning, when you look in the book of Genesis, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the earth was without form. That word there in Genesis is actually what the scripture actually translate is. Is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth became without form. The earth became without form. All right. So follow me here. So what happened? What happened between verse one of Genesis and verse two of Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. And then all of a sudden the earth became without form. What happened? If you go over to the book of Ezekiel. Now I I don't have time to go to all of these scriptures because I want to try to pack all of this in this lesson today. But if you go over to the book of Ezekiel, the Bible says that God created uh, angels and he created archangels and he uh, and one of the archangels name was Lucifer. And the Bible says that God says to Lucifer, I created you and I formed you in the garden of the Lord. And Ezekiel says it this way. I created and formed you in Eden. <laughs> That's what it says. It says I created and formed you in Eden. Now. Some of you, I, 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 we're going to have to go to that scripture because I know you all are not going to believe that that's in the Bible. So let's go over to Ezekiel. Let me see. Here. Let me get my Bible so we can go. Ezekiel 28 is where we want to go. Sir, sorry if y'all hear all my pages turning. I'm trying to get there quickly so I do not waste time. All right, watch this. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28. And look at verse 13. Now, watch this. God is talking about Lucifer. He's talking about the cherub he created. Look at Ezekiel 28, verse 13. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the... And he goes to all of this. And the gold and the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in, in, thee, in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered. And I have set thee so thou was upon the holy mountain of God that has walked up and down in the midst of the 
stones of fire. Watch this. So God created God created Lucifer and placed him where? In Eden, in the garden of the Lord, in the garden of God. So watch this. Lucifer is there. He is there. That's where he is placed in Eden, in the garden of of God, which is why God says in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2, that God planted the garden of Eden on the earth. He planted the garden on the earth because the garden, watch this, the garden Eden existed pre-God planting it on the earth. That's what the Bible says. Eden existed pre-God planting the garden in the earth. For instance, if I have um apple seeds, if I have an apple seed and I plant apple seed out in your backyard, before I planted the apple seed in your backyard, the apple seed already existed. I could not plant something that did not exist. What I would have to do is create it. What I would have to do is form it. What I would have to do is make it. And that word create, we don't see in the, and when you look in Genesis, God does not say he created the garden of God on the earth. It does not say that he created Eden. It says he planted a garden in the east. He planted a garden on the earth. So watch this. Where did he get the, where did the seed come from? The seed came from eternity because that is where Lucifer was. He was in the garden of God. He was in Eden. So watch this. When God planted when God planted Eden in the earth, then it came with the serpent. It came, the garden came with the serpent, which is why God gave the authority and the governing power to the man. God gave the governing power to the man because God knew that the man was going to have something to govern. He knew the man was going to have to have authority over something. Who was it? It was over the fallen cherub who rebelled against God. So the garden came with the snake. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't have time to go down the, the bunny rabbit trail there of unlocking the, the first chapters of Genesis for you. But I'm telling you, the garden came with the snake. So the snake was not doing what it wasn't supposed to do. Who wasn't doing what they were supposed to do was the mankind. God didn't get mad that the snake was in the garden. And we've had whole messages preached that Adam, Adam should have kicked the snake out. No, Adam should have took authority and control over the snake and reminded the snake that you are operating and living now under my domain. So the problem wasn't the snake in the garden. The problem was how much authority the mankind had given the snake. <laughs> it's the same thing in our life. The problem is not that the enemy is showing up. The problem is not that the enemy is attacking you. The problem is not that fiery darts are coming your way. That's why Peter said, think it not strange, these fiery trials that you find yourself in. That's not the problem. The problem is not the manifestation of the enemy. The problem is how much authority you are allowing him to have in your garden. So God plants, going back to the story, God plants the garden in the earth. Watch this. But what happens when man, after Satan falls, he comes under the authority of man. After man falls, there is a new system that is created that we call the world. That we call the world. The world has to do with a system. The earth has to do with the, with the actual land and the ground. So watch this. The Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, before we ended up in this corrupt system to where we live under the domain of the serpent and we live under that authority of the serpent and sin entered the world. So in other words, God was saying before sin entered the world, before sin entered the earth, before sin created a system in the earth, I prepared a lamb <laughs> that was slain before the foundation 
of that system. Now watch this. So going back over to Ephesians, uh, going back over to Ephesians in chapter three, Paul says, Hey, this mystery here is, is mind blowing. The mystery is that the Gentiles, another word for Gentiles is nations. So watch this. This mystery is that the nations are going to be fellow heirs and the nations are going to be partakers of the promise and the nations are going to be of the same body as the, as the Jews. So watch this. God's intent was never to pick a group of people and make them special and make them exclusive. When God established the nation of Israel, it wasn't for the sake of having only one nation of people. When God uh, established the, the line of Jews, it wasn't for the sake of only having one group of people he could blessed. He was trying to get a template. Watch this, because this is the gospel. This was the secret. This was the mystery. When the enemy came in the garden, and he infiltrated himself into man's society, and he began to gain authority and control over the mankind, the secret and the mystery of the ages was that God had a plan in motion to gain authority over the nations again. God's watch God's secret and mystery was that I don't want to just rule and reign over a nation. I don't want to rule and reign just over the Jews. I don't want to just rule and reign over Israel, but I want to rule and reign over the nations. I am coming to take back over. I am coming to take over again. And so, uh, yes, Lucifer comes in, comes in and he deceives the mankind. He usurps authority. He begins to uh, infiltrate the earth with sin. And so sin becomes a part of the world system. But what happens is God says, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put a mystery and I'm going to put a secret in motion. And I'm going to tell you all that the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent, which means what? I'm going to gain a Authority in the earth again. I'm not losing authority. I'm not losing my position. I'm not losing my place. I am God and I am sovereign. And there is nothing happening on my watch that is going to take me by surprise. So watch this. So the gospel is <laughs> not just about your sins being forgiven. God is going to forgive your sins because he's trying to rule the nations. <laughs> God is going to wash you as white as snow because he's trying to rule the nations. How do I know this? How do I know the gospel is, is bigger than this? Look at Galatians. And, you know, my time is just being a race against me today. Go over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Watch this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of the faith are the same of the children of Abraham. Abraham. And verse 8, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, or the nations through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed. This is a powerful scripture. Paul says here in Galatians, Abraham had the gospel preached to him. And the gospel that was preached to him was not Jesus saves you from your sin. The gospel that was preached to him was not Calvary. The gospel that was preached to him was not what we today call the gospel. All of those are components of the gospel. But what Abraham had preached to him that God called the gospel is that in thee all nations shall be blessed. That is the gospel. The gospel is when Satan infiltrated man's world and he introduced sin into our society. And so we 
became a part of the world system that what happened was that curses were released that day God cursed the serpent God cursed the man God cursed the woman God cursed the ground so then the whole the earth began living under a curse the world system became the curse that the mankind had to live under but the power of the gospel oh my goodness the power of the gospel is that God has come to reverse the curse God has come to reverse the curse over the man hallelujah he has come to reverse the curse over the woman he has come to reverse the curse over the land there is nothing about you that has to be cursed live cursed or remain under the curse but the power of the gospel the mystery of Christ is that in him all nations will be blessed. <laughs> Man, that's the power of the gospel, that in him, all nations will be blessed. How do I know that is true? We can find another scripture. Go over to the book of Acts. Go over to the book of Acts. Acts real quick. We got to go to Acts chapter 3. I know this is going to be a verse a lot of you have skipped over numerous, numerous amount of times. Watch this. And look at verse... Mm, look at verse 25 chapter 3 verse 25 in Acts it says ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers saying unto Abraham and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed unto you first God having raised up his son Jesus what did he send Jesus to do what does verse 26 say he sent Jesus to do he sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities that is the mystery of Jesus Christ the mystery of Jesus Christ is that God has been working a plan throughout the ages and the whole plan is to bless you the whole plan is to bless you the whole plan is to rescue you from the curse is to rescue you from the curse. That's why the Bible says if Satan knew what he was doing, if Satan had known the secret, if Satan had had unlocked the plan of God, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus because he would have known that crucifying Jesus was a part of the mystery. It was a part of how God was getting ready to reverse what Satan did in the garden. Satan was never meant to have authority. He was meant to be ruled over. He was never meant to have dominion. He was meant to be uh, ruled over. But because he usurped authority, he introduced into the world the curse. But bless God, we have been redeemed from the curse. The curse has been reversed. The curse has been reversed. And Jesus has come into the world, not just to forgive you of sins. Yes, he came to do it, but he came to forgive your sins so that you could be blessed. He came to turn you from wickedness so you could be blessed. He came to dress you in robes of righteousness so that you could be blessed. He came to set you free from the kingdom of darkness so that you could be blessed. He wants you to get rid of sin and to get rid of the the uh, the passions and the lusts of the flesh so that you can be blessed. He came so that you could abide in him and he can abide in you so that you could be blessed. You have been called to the blessed life and that is the power of the gospel. Paul says, hey, you ought to be getting insight to this right now. It's not just for the Jew. I want everybody involved because the purpose of the gospel is not to make a certain type of people better than the other. The power and the purpose of the gospel is that God sent Jesus to bless you. God sent Jesus 
to bless you. Now, uh, uh, and, other, and I'm going to wrap it up with this last verse. And I did not get as far as I thought I was going to get today. But let's look at, at Psalm chapter 2. Last chapter. I know we went to a lot of verses today. But I'm going to read this verse to you. It says, Why do the heathen, or why do the nations rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, or against his Christ. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. What What is he saying? Let us get away from the authority and the government of God. That, that's what the nations were saying. That is what was happening in the garden. Let's break away from God's government. And watch this, verse 4. It says, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. And the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Watch verse 8. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen or the nations for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth. For thy possession, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Watch verse 12 here. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. This psalm wraps up the gospel message. It says the nations are in an uproar. The nations want to live under their own government, under their own rule. And that got introduced into our world in the garden. But God says, I'm sitting in heaven and I'm laughing. <laughs> he said, I am laughing in heaven because I know that I'm got a secret going on. And I have a mystery that's been locked up in me for ages. And I've got a secret and a mystery that I'm about to unfold. And, and what I'm going to do is that when I unfold this mystery, I'm going to say, this is my son. I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. And what am I giving you the nations for, son? I'm giving you the nations so you can bless them. So how do we get that blessing? How do we partake of the gospel? Verse 12 tells us. We've got to kiss the sun. <laughs> if you want to gain access to the gospel, if you want to gain access to this mystery, if you want to gain access to the secret, the key to it all is you've got to kiss the sun. You've got to kiss the sun. That's why the Bible says no man cometh to the father, but by me. You've got to kiss the sun. And he tells us what kissing the sun looks like. It looks like trust. It looks like trust. Which means when you love him, <laughs> we're back in falling in love with him. When the more you love him, the more you're going to surrender because you trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you're going to love on him. You want to partake of this gospel. You want to partake of this freedom. You want to partake of this truth. You want access to this revelation. Then my friend, you have got to kiss the sun. Well, guys, I am out of time. I'm actually over time. But I am excited about the power of the gospel, about the mystery of Jesus Christ, about the mystery that Paul preached about everywhere he went. He went everywhere preaching this gospel to people that, hey, 
Jesus wants to bless you. That's why when Paul preached the gospel, people got healed. When Paul preached the gospel, demons came out. When Paul preached the gospel, special miracles were done. When Paul preached the gospel, people got baptized in the Holy Ghost. When Paul preached the gospel, people got regenerated and experienced the power of justification. Why? Because he preached, Jesus has come to bless the nations. He has come to rule and reign and regain dominion and control over the mankind again. And and Paul said, the only way you all can gain access to it is you've got to kiss the sun. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends, your followers, your networks. Share, 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 share with them so that they can be blessed. And go back and listen to this again. Let it light your fire. Let it open the eyes of your understanding so that you can see the hope of his calling. So that you can be excited about this God you serve. So that you can fall more and more in love with him. So that you can kiss the sun and begin to surrender more and trust him more and be more fully committed. Leave your reviews on iTunes. Please don't forget to share with with me and with others how this is blessing your life. And continue to allow the scriptures to be revealed in you so that you can be changed and transformed by the power of the word. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And I'll see you guys same place, same time next week. Love you. Mm